Welcome back to the Girls Talk Egg podcast, plowing through the manure online. Hey, I made it through it on the first time. You guys have no idea how many times I edit out my screw up. Like, <laughs> welcome back. The good bit. So, anyway, I have got my partners in crime with me today. I have Jen. Yo. And I have the Dicamba Warrior, Karen Corrigan. On. <laughs> We're going to try to keep. If everyone could just like tweet Dicamba to her, you know. Oh my God, no. We'll see how she, high we can get our blood pressure. I was just going to say, we're gonna, I talked to our state weed, uh, weed scientist today, and he was thinking about moving to Alaska where they had no soybeans. There you really? go. I would move somewhere where they have no soybeans. I'd move somewhere where they have no wheat. Wait, I did. <laughs> but my job now is still to deal with wheat, so we're having a lot of fun. But we thought we would uh, do a crop update. We we really enjoy kind of saying we live in three corners of the world, kind of. I mean, we live in three different ice states anyway. Isn't right? that the and whole world? Isn't that, that the is, whole world? Right. That's just ask anyone from Illinois or Iowa or Indiana, and they'll tell you that they are the ice state. Reality is Idaho wins. I've been there. They make French fries. It's delicious. But anyway, um, I just got back a couple weeks ago from a trip to Michigan, too. So I can kind of give you some insight into Iowa, Minnesota, Michigan, and uh, Jen can give Indiana. And Karen's been all over God's country here recently, too. So um, weren't you just in Kentucky, Karen? I was in Kentucky and Indiana. Yep. Yeah. That's what. And you what? Last week, were you in Missouri? When were you in Missouri? Two weeks ago? Three? I'd have to look at my calendar. I don't know. I don't. I can't remember. You've been living out of a suitcase anyway. And uh, so so we just thought we'd do a little bit of an update. Of course, the markets on my side are all over the place. Um, Our podcast last week was out late because I had the busiest stretch of three or four days that I've had in quite some time, which tends to come along with, you know, a quick market rally like we saw. Um, I'm still exhausted from it because I basically spent all year getting my customers ready to, to take action when the market does what it did. And they, they did well to listen and I bought a lot of grain, but I got to the end and I needed about two more days of upside in order to cover everything I needed to cover and get everyone happy. But, um, so yeah, so now the, the market, you made everyone happy. (sighs) No, possible. Never happened in my life. Even when I was doling out $8.50 corn contracts in September of 2012, I still had guys bitching for some reason Eh, or another. Somebody's always pissed. Yeah, I'm I'm used to that side. So when I say everyone happy, it's kind of a, a relative word. Right. Everyone means... I wasn't sad until I got to the end and realized that I had a couple of contracts that I hadn't hedged. You know, I didn't sell on the board and the market fell. And so then I, I know what it's like, farmer guys, where it's like, son of a gun. But <laughs> so, yeah. So now, you know, on the the market side of things, uh, we got the USDA report out this week or on the 13th, 12th of July here. And uh I don't know why people thought the USDA was going to adjust yields lower. They, they're they pretty clear about it. It's like in a footnote that they don't in July. They did once in 2012. A lot of people say, well, they did it like six times in the last 20 years. Well, yeah, they changed how they calculate yield and, and do all of that stuff here in the last three or four or five. I don't know. They all blend together. So you can say out of the last 20, they've changed it, blah, blah, blah. But the reality is they only changed it once in this new sort of way. And that was in 12. And this is not... 2012 
It might be for the Dakotas. They're 2012, but it's it's not for the Corn Belt. So the market, of course, kind of fell off. Everyone, like people screaming fire in a crowded movie theater, ran for the exits. And we saw what can happen when you get a $1.30 rally in soybeans. You can lose a lot real quick. And corn didn't get anywhere near that rally, but everyone hates it anyway. So um, we finished up last week a little bit higher, thank goodness. I mean, higher on the for the day, not for the, the week itself. And so now we'll just see where the market heads as we, we move. But the, the big thing that we want to talk about is is crop conditions, basically what we're seeing in our backyard. Um, so we didn't flip a coin before this, but I'm just going to ask Karen first what she's seeing in, in Illinois and Kentucky and uh, wherever else she's been and um, all that good stuff. So Karen... Take us take take it away, Karen. Uh, well, earlier this week we got a much needed rain. I think there were some places that were teetering on getting a little bit too dry. So throughout Illinois, um, we had quite a quite a blessing of a sh- couple showers. So I think that that helps a lot. We're really getting uh, there's a lot of tassels that have come out in the last week, so we have a lot of corn porn going on, Woo-hoo! making little kernels. Uh, yes, we have the same thing here. It's like so. let's get it on. We're supposed to hit the 90s next week, which isn't always the best fun for um, pollination, but at least we got that shower that we had this last week, so they won't shouldn't be stressed as bad as they could have been. So that'll be helpful. You know, the soybeans are mostly in the flowering stage, and um, there are some that are farther along in the R3, R4 potting stages and whatnot. But, you know, things driving around... Um, you know, Illinois, I went from here up to northern Illinois, up to the home of super farmer Steve Pittstick. And then uh, I came back down through Illinois, down to Paducah, down to Hickman, Kentucky, back up through Evansville. And then from there, a little bit farther north, and then a lot of it was in the dark. My suggestion is don't rely on your GPS in Indiana because it doesn't like it. So... (laughs) Welcome to my state. I drove on a road for quite a while where it my GPS did not believe that it existed. So, (laughs) but and then we had our Indiana meeting um, yesterday, and uh, basically for them, I just say it's waterlogged. Um, I knew that they'd have been having quite the bad year, so I made sure to take little goodie bags for them to take home. And they each did you have drugs in them? Yeah. No, I had little shooters in each one. So nice. Drugs would be yeah. nice. We could use those, like the little peanut butter cups we talked about with Prozac in it. Yeah, I had Fireball and Captain Morgan and Kentucky Bourbon. So. You have to be the best agronomist ever. <laughs> so, and I shared some of the whiskey acres with uh, a couple of the guys that farm together and have Friday afternoon meetings. So, nice. Nice. I would like that. Yeah. So around here, it looks pretty good. So today's a good day for corn, and hopefully the heat next week. Um, a lot of the corn should be tall enough that it should be able to, um, what do I want to say, keep its relative humidity under the canopy fairly good, so that'll be helpful. But we have some Japanese beetles coming in, and I freaking hate those things. Everyone so does. We're keeping a watch out for that. Except and for Sean. A lot of- Sean loves them. Sean All loves right. A lot of guys will start um, spraying fungicides here once we uh, finish pollination in the next week or so. I saw three rigs up in the air um, on my travels this week already. So some of the early corn is already there. Yeah, we have uh, we have planes running around here. 
flying how, how big here. a problem yeah how big a problem is the japanese beetles going to be um it just kind of depends um they're harder to kill the hotter it is because some of the pyrethroids don't last very long <clears throat> but a lot of times they just come they come out into the border areas so if we have good moisture then the silks can keep growing but it's a problem on the corn if they clip the silks and then disrupt pollination and in the soybeans they're chewing up a fair amount of leaf tissue in areas, but um, it's when they get to the point where they start chewing on the little stem that holds the pot on where it really mm -hmm. gets to be an issue. So okay. we'll see. But we haven't seen Japanese beetles like this in a couple years. I was kind of hoping they had migrated to Canada or something, but unfortunately, no. So <laughs> Don't you Maybe. put that on Canada. Yeah. <laughs> need to hitch a ride with the Canadian geese and head back north. <laughs> yes that'd be great that would work out real well what are you seeing in your neck of the woods jen a lot of rain so um let's see today's friday must have been last tuesday is that right yeah tuesday we got over six inches of rain here in our county yep. yeah um i think that it went down fairly fast came up with that it's let's see it started raining that morning at 7 30 in the morning and by 12 30 yeah, by 12, 12.30 lunchtime, we had had six, a little over six inches. Um, yeah, it came up then that evening. Most of the creeks came up pretty high, but honestly, by the next morning, it was it was back down relatively. I mean, we have some standing water. The whole county smells like a lake dock. Um, oh, yeah. it's horrible. I can't stand that smell. Um, and, and it's not bad if you're boating or having fun, but when your whole county just smells like a nasty lake dock. Um, it was pretty, the air was pretty heavy when I was there yesterday, and I was like, holy frizzola. Wow, my yes. hair just went crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yesterday Yeah, yesterday I was out and, and doing stuff, and I, I could literally smell myself. It was so humid, and I was sweating, and I'm just like, this is ridiculous. Uh, it's pretty humid in Indiana um, all the time. They're going to have some guys lose some bottom ground. Um and the soybeans and corn, all of it's covered in mud right now. Um, there's still some standing water around. But it's not... Um, it went down pretty fast, luckily. It didn't stick around. And we were supposed to get more, I think, yesterday, and it never did come to our area. Now, I know some people got hit again um, with another big rain. But um, I don't know. It, it'll be nice that, that, that everything's wet. Yeah, um, I've got seen... enough moisture. That's especially yeah. if it's going to get hot. Now, my I I have to ask the agronomist. I guess my idea is rather have it enough water and hot while pollinating than just hot and dry, right, Karen? Yeah, the moisture definitely helps because that helps re the silks to keep regenerating until they get pollinated. So, our, so by the time we release this on Monday or or so, we'll be at our county fair. So, of course, it will be like ninety five degrees here in Indiana with. You know, feels like 105 and 75% humidity. So, you know, it'll be a pleasant week. It's not a fair if you're not uncomfortable. No kidding. When pollination and fair hits at the same time, it's going to be miserable. So, if you don't chafe at your fair, have you really went to your fair? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> if, yeah Just if you take don't... the diaper cream. You'll be fine. Yeah. You know, if you have to, if you go to the bathroom and you can't get your pants down and then you can't get them back up. <laughs> 
I always take my phone to the bathroom. I don't know what someone's going to do when I call them and tell them I can't get my britches back up, but (laughs) I want my phone with me so that I can share it with someone. Whenever that happens, right? Whenever that happens to me and I'm wearing jeans, I can't help but think yoga pants would not do that to me. I know. They slide on and off like no problem. Yeah. So the kids have the cattle there. So I'm always wearing jeans because I've tried shorts and that's just really uncomfortable with cattle hair and all that kind of stuff. But man, I just, you know, you don't want to get dehydrated, but if you drink, you have to go to the bathroom and it's just a whole dilemma and there's so much going on. So I can't wear shorts right now because I have the opposite of the old man golfer tan. So, like, I wear leggings or whatever, like, the Capri ones. And Carl, the other day, I was wearing shorts around the house, and he's like, oh, my God, your tan line is awful. (laughs) And I was like, you mean super sexy, right? Like, so everything above mid-shin is still pasty wintertime white, Um, but everything below mid-shin to my toes, because I wear flip-flops and everything, has a nice little tan to it. It's kind of awkward. I used to go to the tanner to avoid this, but now I'm a mom. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, as much as I want to hand them to the tanner lady and be like, be right back. um, I guess they frown upon that. I I know. Why? It's not that big a deal. I don't understand. He's easy to watch. Right. I mean, mean, set him in a corner, give him some goldfish. He'll be fine. Takes 10 minutes. No, that's me. You set me in the corner and give me goldfish and I'm fine. So So. he he could go tan, but you can't. (laughs) Right. That's just it. And they really frown upon that. Apparently. Oh, yes. Like, Apparently that is like huge. Yeah, you're yes. a big no-no. Your toddler is supposed to be the same color as powder from right. the movie. Yeah. You know, like if your kid has a tan, you obviously are a terrible mother. So you got to love that. But um, I yeah, I've seen uh, some Snapchat stories or Snapchats from um, friends of ours in Indiana. And uh, that's what uh, Jason Scott actually was who... Um, sent some over this week, kind of gave me a little bit of a tour of what he had, and he calls it the good, the bad, the ugly. Basically, <laughs> so, they've been they've been hit pretty hard this year up there around Scotts. He, um, yeah, they've, they've been they've run the gamut up there. Um, I'm gonna say, you know, Chris said ours are good. We still have good potential, and we still have a ways to go before we're considered made. But, um, you know, and, and I've seen everybody from you know, this is going to be awesome to this is it. So yeah. I, I basically think it's all over the board everywhere you go. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I will say out here more. And when I say out here, I mean, it, Iowa, basically, we have seen um, some weird developments lately. Carl and I had a a little bit of a skerfuffle last week on our way to Rolf to the the rodeo. So we live in Algona, north central Iowa, Kasuth, like middle of Kasuth County, and we went down to Pocahontas County. So just a little bit north uh, and uh, west of Fort Dodge, which none of these towns even, I don't even know why I'm explaining. Unless you know where Rolf is, you're not going to care where Fort Dodge, Algona or anything is. But anyway, um, we drove down there and... Uh, there were a couple spots we drove past, and Carl's like, "Oh, that's just a seed cornfield." Because you know how seed corn looks like <laughs> most of the time, and yeah. it just it looks like raggy, raggedy old, you know, like fluff. It looks just like is sweet weird. corn. Yeah, like a really crappy haircut or whatever. Like it's all uneven and stuff like that. And I'm like, "That's not that's not seed corn." So there's a lot of like grain fields that look 
really uneven and and uh that had just developed like that had just started in the last 10 days or so where you it was almost like not an emergence issue because it all emerged together but it was almost like a rapid growth issue i i guess karen well, maybe you can i, I mean think I, I said last week our beans were finally coming out of that oh nasty yeah teenage zitty looking like shit phase yeah um, they finally came out of that. We we are going to have, I, I think there is some uneven corn, like you say, growth around here. Some of it, you know, is just, was just had too much water on it. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. It, you'd think it will come out of that. I, I think it was about to come out. All the corn and beans was coming out of that stage. And then we got that seven inch rain. So. Yeah. And that tends to, and that's for us, it just, like I said, with the corn, it's just kind of come on. Um, but most of the corn looks good. You know, I have some friends that are, theirs is pollinated. They're going out and uh, starting to, to pull ears. And they're like, well, our our yield every day is dropping because we're pulling a, a year five or whatever. But, um, you know, and then there's other ones that are just getting away. The tassels really, I mean, we're really getting into pollination here. And in Iowa, you know, we saw a 10% point drop um, last Monday. So Monday the 10th, we saw a big drop in Iowa soybean conditions. Um, I would would credit a lot of that to the spraying of of herbicides that we get. The, like the end of June into the first couple weeks of July, um, what I've discovered, and, and the only reason I remember it is because the first year I saw it, I was like, oh my God, your crop's ruined. It gets this brown, sickly brown look to it because everyone goes out and sprays the shit out of them with Cobra or whatever the hell it is. And uh, this year it's come out of that or this past week it's come out of that and we've really seen them canopy out and look really good. And, and, uh, I would say the beans around here look good. The corn around here looks really good. Um, I can't say it doesn't now we won't know until August or October really when we run the combines through the field. Um, what, cause we're supposed to get the heat here, um, starting tomorrow through all of next week. And we haven't had any rain. So I had to laugh because I had three different people tell me that it rained in Iowa last week. You know, well, it rained in Iowa this week. Big rains moved through on Wednesday. And I'm like, oh, OK, I must have been really drunk because we got a tenth of an inch Sunday night. And that's all we've had since I was gone into Michigan two and a half weeks ago. And, and we've averaged 85 to to 90 degrees. Well, we um, you know, when we got that rain on Tuesday, we here at our house and on our around us and hog barns got six to seven inches and one of our farms oh 10 miles north of here got uh, 3.9 it's varied so much yeah yeah and so i think that you know that seems to be the common thread right now is just variability all over the place it's definitely not last year where it's completely uniform um, you know, and, and depending on who you talk to, some will tell you, um, the corn's as good, but most will tell you they just aren't, um, overly excited about, uh, this year's production versus last, I guess you could say. Um, and, and that's what we're up against. But aside from that, I mean, there's not much new going on. I, it, there's a lot of people right now that are trying to, to really push down national yields, um, you know, 10%. I haven't been to the Dakotas. I don't think any of us have. Karen hasn't been since May. Right. right? Eastern Dakota is, I mean, they're kind of teetering the line, but Western D- North Dakota has kind of been written off, but that's not really a large corn growing production area anyway. So, no. 
So, you know, a lot of folks are talking about that. You know, they, they've been responsible. The, the two Dakotas, North and South, um, have been responsible for about 10% of production here. Uh, they were last year. And so that's important to watch. That is something. Of course, Indiana's crop outlook, a lot of folks are kind of uh, putting it close to like 2015. Um, you know, and I think for us this year, it's really just going to be a matter of what kind of technology we've got going on that can kind of work through this heat that we may experience during pollination. And it's way too soon to figure out what the heck we're going to have for bean production, in my opinion, because we don't know what August weather is going to look like for one. Um, and for two, um, you know, we don't know what September is going to look like. So it's always funny to me when people act like the crop is completely made sometimes because it's, it's like, no. You know, we have a long, long way to go. Um, in the first place, it's Sandy. Oh, it's in the first ahead. place. It's hard to tell when it's made until it's in the bin. Yeah. And yeah. Second of all, with all the damage that we've got going on, I'm not really sure how anyone could predict that to begin with. So yeah, and that's why. So Karen, I mean, you've and you guys. I'm going to kind of lean to you because I'm just saying from a market standpoint what I'm seeing with crop conditions, and then of course what we're hearing from weather conditions or weather forecasts and things like that. But you guys are in it. I mean, what are you seeing versus the last couple of years? Would you have, you know, do you have any comments specifically about what you're seeing out there or no? Oh, I, I, I suck at knowing like, year to year. <laughs> I just know that I don't like 2017 and it can be over at any time. <laughs> right. This one compared to like in... I've been an agronomist for what, I don't know, 17 years now. I don't remember being hit with this many different things from every direction. So to me, it doesn't feel like any other year. Yeah. Right. That's, yeah. And I, to me, I'm not out in it. So I don't, I don't know. Um, And I, and I'm always of the theory, it's hard to compare year to year. I mean, it changes so much and every, I mean, circumstances change day to day. I mean, it's so hard to compare year to year. To me. I've never been this frustrated with a year before. That's all I know. I may need some of those drugs, Jen. Better walk yeah. in before I come visit. Right. Yeah. We were just wet. Then some areas were dry. People didn't get their pre-emerge herbicides on. We had to switch and try some other things. Some people had to replant three times. Uh, a lot of co- the mare's tail and water hemp were having tough times being controlled, and some of them got really big. Then now we're getting in there with the Japanese beetles and the dicamba issues, and it just seems like every time you turn around, it's something new. I'm like waiting for the plague, or I don't know, something to fall out of the sky. So, or <laughs> dicamba drift. But, so what are you seeing there now? Because that's what I it, you know we did our. We did our our little podcast here, what, three, four weeks ago on dicamba. And when we did it, it was just a big deal in Arkansas. You know, and since then, we've seen um, different states ban it, different states talk about banning it, different issues starting to develop in I states. You know, what are you seeing there? It's definitely progressed through a much larger area of the Corn Belt. Um, It started in Arkansas. They did ban any applications i don't know was that a week or two ago tennessee and missouri have both basically made it a restricted use pesticide which i would argue that's probably how it should have been to begin with Uh, so what does that entail what does that restrictive use what's that mean so in order to spray a restricted use pesticide you have to have taken the class and passed the test and uh 
And that's not, just not with your applicator's license. That's a different... Right. It's a, you know, a farmer can get a private pesticide applicator's license. And so they can buy stuff that the commercial guys can also. But you don't need a, com- you don't need a private pesticide license to spray things that aren't restricted use. So you could spray Roundup on your fields without a license. You can't spray atrazine without a license. So... Well, at so least Chris had. So he could, if we, if if Indiana went to that, he could spray it. Is Don't that what you're do saying? it, Chris. Just oh. say <laughs> right. no to dicamba. <laughs> so, uh, right. So and so that's basically what Missouri and Tennessee did. Missouri had banned it temporarily last week until they could get these measures put into place, and they just released that ban. I believe it was yesterday. Um, yeah. And with Missouri, there's a couple other things you have to. Um, you have to sign, basically sign off that you know all the rules and the restrictions of using it. And then you also have to fill out a declaration of application, uh, which is basically telling the state that, yes, you are spraying one of those three approved products. Hmm. Um, I was in Kentucky this week, and I was in the bottoms near Hickman, um, which is right across from the boot heel of Missouri, which had obviously a lot of issues. Um, that's the boot heel, right? I think so. Yeah. Uh, In the past couple of years. Yeah. Okay. So that southeast corner of Missouri where there's a lot of issues, this is right on the other side of the river of there. Uh, And basically every soybean field that was not dicamba tolerant uh, was completely puckered up. Um, Whole fields. So that kind of, I mean, that's not drift. With drift, you see a pattern, you know, misapplication would be certain applicators and not others. And this really looks like the vapor just settled in the bottom. And it didn't only just affect the soybeans, but it also affected the cypress trees in the area. And that was one of the problems in Tennessee was around a lake area. It had settled in and, and really hurt some of those trees. And then the other thing that happened in Tennessee is there was a winery that was hit in that winery happens to be owned by a tennessee state representative so oops that may have been what catalyst the catalyst that got tennessee moving so but it's just i don't know it's been very exhausting and very tiring for our you know the seed agronomists and the extension weed scientists and the independents just dealing with this Um, so do you see that do you see that ban happening in you know the i states uh, I doubt it would happen in the Illinois just because our state government isn't really functioning that well, I guess you'd say. And we just don't have a lot of money for things like enforcement and things like that. So I don't think that we'll see anything in Illinois. I honestly haven't heard of that many, any issues in Indiana, so I'm not sure how it's gone there. I uh, have had a couple clients from Iowa who have called and said that there were they had problems. Um And those, you know, the problem is people keep looking at complaints. Well, not everybody files a complaint. Uh, There are some that were trying to in the state of Illinois, and it didn't really seem to do much. It was kind of, they didn't feel like it was worth their time. And in other cases, farmers are working together and solving the problem themselves. And so those won't be reported as official complaints. So, Which which is what, just a... I mean, there's no way to reverse that effect, obviously. So is it just we're going to have to a financial settlement? What What is the 
they in most cases when it was drift, there's parts of the field that wasn't affected, so they're gonna combine one p you know one strip of that and compare it to one strip of where it was hit, and then they'll settle oh. up with each other that way. Hmm. In in the, those cases, it's pretty. Um, in other cases, they uh, it it'll be a little bit harder, but some of them don't know where it came from. Right. You know, in Illinois, you don't necessarily know who all your neighbors are. And mm-hmm. so you wouldn't really know what they planted. And I heard a lot of the people who planted and sprayed the tolerant, dicamba tolerant crops where they, they ha- you know, flagged the technology. A lot of them that had dicamba tolerant took their flags out so that they wouldn't be targets in the neighborhood. So. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Hide those a- flags. But. So it has been think- interesting, but. You know, I've gotten calls this week from North Dakota and Canada <laughs> of issues that they've had to. And in North Dakota didn't have issues up until this week. They'd had mostly seemed like they were doing OK with it. But I've had three different people call me in the last 24 hours from North Dakota. So John and I did, did a video. A, did they from, have a weather a weather event? I mean, I know that. No, you know, I just think that they were that just it just got to the point where that's where they, you know, okay. had sprayed. Within oh, the last okay. couple of weeks. So. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, John and I did a video on Periscope, which we really haven't done before. And um, within 24 hours, we had over 1,100 1, hits, which for never having one with John before, that was kind of interesting. And we talked about Dicamba while, and we used it um, from the, uh, we videoed it in the Kentucky bottom that we were in that was damaged. So. Cool. But other than that, I mean, it's really, I guess for me, it's exhausting because it's just disheartening the way that the weed scientists and some of the independents and the seed agronomists are getting attacked is just uncalled for and unprofessional. And not all three of the companies are doing that, but... Um, You're seeing it. I mean, I'm yeah. seeing it. Yeah. Um, there's, it's almost as though an idea of, of hey... Maybe this doesn't work quite like we were hoping it would is you being in a, you know what I mean? Like it's, it, it's, I don't know. It's almost Not amazing. A new chemical. This chemical no. has been around for what, 60 years maybe? Yeah. So, so what is causing that? Because let's be honest, Chris Campbell is on the Banville train. He, he, you know, he's, he has sprayed it. He can't figure out what's going on. But I, he's I, using it earlier in his corn. Yeah. He's not spraying it now, is he? No, no, uh, he's right. not right now. No, but um, right. You know, so he said when it you has spray it, sprayed right later. when you spray it earlier in the season and you ding beans that are in the vegetative stage, it generally doesn't have much of an effect. But also the differences in the rate and concentration of the products is different than, say, the status that's been used lately. Okay. So that's part of it. And just the sheer volume that's being sprayed now that wasn't put on before because a lot of people have shied away from the banville and clarity and those products at least in season a lot of more people use them you know for fall right application or early spring burn down so okay but i don't know i feel like there's a lot of bullying coming from the companies and company reps and towards the farmers who've had damage i feel like there's a lot of victim shaming 
you know, a lot of so, people are like, well, if you just planted extend beans, you wouldn't have this problem. Well, which is you know, exactly what we talked about in our podcast, where the only way to defend yourself from this is to invest in the technology, basically. Right, and but those who want to use the technology, why is their choice more important than the ones that want to use the liberty technology? Oh, instead? yeah, exactly. I, I, that's, uh, yeah. You know, and I, I, and I had a couple guys say that to me on Twitter this week, and I'm like, you know, you're right, you're right, you are way more important, and you should have choices that other farmers don't get, because you what? take precedence. Speaking of that, what the f*** is up with Twitter? Why, is everyone PMSing on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> they all need a Snickers. Oh my god, they all, you're right, Angie, they all need a freaking Snickers. It's like full moon in full force. It's like, jeez, people. It's as if they don't believe that this is really happening, but, you know, all these people are not lying about it. I mean, it's happening. Take a drive. You can see it from the road. But I just, I don't know. I don't like how the companies are reacting. Um, I, I should clarify. DuPont, from what I've heard on claims and talking with growers who've had injury from their product, they've been very professional and they've just come out and taken documentation and haven't laid any blame and just said, you know, we need to try and figure this out. Um, where the other ones, you know, when the CIO of a company is trying to shame people from telling their stories, I think that's a little bit ridiculous. I almost wanted to compare him to Donald Trump with his tweeting over this situation. So, so what, what's going to happen to these these products over the winter and, and into next year? Well, it uh, the products have registration till I believe, December 1st of 2018. So... Um, states like Missouri and Tennessee and Arkansas, if they still allow them, which I'm, I think they probably will, they'll just have much more restrictions. Uh, I don't know if the other states will follow, but um, I have a feeling that this isn't the end of it. So I don't know. I just, you know, people, they put out tweets like investigate, don't speculate. You know, I've been an agronomist for 17 years. Do you honestly think that I haven't looked at every angle and figured stuff out? I just, I don't know, you know, don't insult my integrity or my intelligence, you know, just man I, up I agree and, wholeheartedly. and say what's going on. Yeah. Well, obviously it's an issue. I mean, it's, it's not, and it's not like we're out railing against the use of the technology by any means, but there is some, some dangerous use of it. And I know a lot of people, um, are, are, uh, you know, they use it properly or it's worked well for them. I, I, you get a lot of response from folks in the Dakotas has been North Dakota. You know, it yeah, seems Angie, like those people are changing their tune this week. So I would hold off on that because one of the individuals <laughs> who told me there was no issue called with issues in the last couple days. So. All right. So so that's the thing, though, is it's really easy to say that there's not a problem until it happens to you. Right. Right. It's really easy to say that you have no concerns over health, health insurance coverage or something like that until your company drops you. Right. There have been success stories, but, you know, those those success stories aren't hurting other people. I don't understand how a farmer can consciously injure someone else's crop and not feel bad about it. Yeah. They basically blame them for not planting the technology. I I don't know. Well, what about the ones, though, that are just confused about how it's happened? I mean, there, there. I think there's a level of that, too, where, um, you know, we, we've talked about or talked to certain people that, you know, their neighbor did everything right. right. It, it drifted those, a mile and a half away. Those are the ones that concern me, and those are the ones that we have to figure out. 
You know, if, yeah. if you had a success, great. You're not that you didn't have a problem, but we need to figure out those that had a problem. So and know where it's come from. But but yeah, I mean, that's that's been the problem that I've seen is I think a lot of people and you see it happen in, in anything in agriculture. It seems is that until it happens to someone, it's really easy to say, well, that's not my problem. Well, and right? there's a lot of misdiagnosis out there. There's a lot of this being blamed on Liberty plus AMS, but I'm sorry, how come that's never been an issue any other year that Liberty and AMS have been together? And people, they don't understand that. The cupping and strapping from dicamba is very specific. There is other leaf distortions that I think people are mixing up that are not attributed to a plant growth regulator, but it's a very distinct look to it. And it just amazes me that, you know, the manufacturers are like, oh, it's group 15, you know, blah, 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 or it's due to the AMS or this. I mean, give me a break. You know, you're telling that to people who know what they're talking about. You know, like I said, I mean, these agronomists and the state weed scientists, I mean, some of them have been around for like 40 or 50 years. And all these people that probably weren't even alive when Dicamba came out on the market in the first place are making up all this stuff. You know, they say, oh, it's probably it's this or it's this or, oh, I've seen that before. Well, where's the documentation? I Googled yesterday Liberty plus AMS damage on soybeans. And you know how many articles I found? None. Because until this year, no one has ever tried to play it off as that. So until the dicamba availability has been made. Right. And so that just kind of annoys me. But it was really funny. There was one of the media people was taking some pictures in a field that was cupped and some random farmer stopped by and said, oh, that's Liberty plus AMS. And she was like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, I can't believe this field is still alive since it's a non-GMO soybean. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's non-GMO and it's cupped. So you can't blame that on Liberty and AMS. So... I just, I don't know. Don't insult my intelligence. Come on. Or that of any of the extension weed scientists. Exactly. Or that of the farmers who have damage. (laughs) Yeah. No, you're just supposed to listen to what they say. I mean, it goes back to the conversation that we had from the get-go with, you know, why a lot of folks aren't big fans of Monsanto, right? Is, you know, when, when we did have issues they just blew them off anything that was like that well just grow around it ready you won't have to worry about it or blah 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 um just love it embrace this technology love it have it pounded up your ass and be happy about it right i mean am i am i over dramatizing well, that same at all? thing that they did when they said there'd be no resistance to ever come about from roundup and all the extension weed scientists were like, what, what? You know, nature always adapts, blah, blah, blah. And they bullied some of them. And it's just ridiculous. And I'm really wondering if it's the same people who said there'd never be any Roundup resistance who are now saying there's no problems with dicamba. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> that I, mean was I perfect. think it's the same people. So just yeah, thanks for that. love it and like it right that's yeah, what we know better like we know what you should do and you're gonna do it and you're gonna like it and you're not gonna talk back about it but you know and everyone just says oh just plant extend beans and you won't have this problem well you can't take away someone else's choice because you don't want to damage their crop but you still want to do what you want to do anyway so i think yeah. this will be interesting then when we go back you know monsanto spent years trying to repair their rep um yeah. with farmers and things like that and now this is coming around again i think i think 
um, did they not learn their lesson the first time I, around? Exactly. That's who you know, is that's their a- PR person. Why do they still have a job? <laughs> oh. I mean, I don't understand. Um, no, I mean, really, they've spent years trying to to um, repair that damage that was done, and and we're we i say we because i don't have a mouse in my pocket or anything but you know they're gonna they're gonna fall right back into the same trap if they're not careful at this point this is a perfect example of why consumers hate big ag because Mm -hmm. they treat farm their farmers and their customers like this you know and like i said you know dupont seems to be handling it professionally they had a smaller volume that went out which was smart um and it just i don't understand why why they're reacting the way they are. I just, I don't get it. Others make me, I don't know. That's like you said, they're handling it smart. They had a small product going out, blah, blah, blah. I feel like one group is saying, there's nothing wrong. What are you talking about? Just deal with it like it. Obviously, you're misdiagnosing you. People don't know what you're talking about. And then there's another group that's like, what? There's a problem? Right. Have you noticed that? There have been some misapplications and there have been some tank contaminations that... Did you just say taint? Tank? <laughs> taint. Tank. Tank. She said tank. T-A-N-K. Not tank. <laughs> tank contamination. I was like, tank and contamination. Out of the gutter. That's uncomfortable. Ain't nobody want tank contamination. <laughs> yes. But, no, I mean, so you have had tank... Uh, contaminations then right so there have been a lot of problems that are operator error applicator error but there are other fields where everything was done correctly and the product still moved so it's not you can't and i don't care how you write the labels or what you do you can't blame all of this on the applicator which is what they're trying to do which i don't understand because you know if you blame all this on the applicator the applicator is not going to spray your product next year so how's that going to help you out yeah. Well, that's so. they, I think they expect the farmer to spray. I mean, you blame it on the applicator who's a commercial that has an issue with that or whatever it may be. Um, then that's a different it on story. The farmer but, applicators, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and some farmers amazing. are saying that they didn't know about some of the restrictions, but I don't know if they're just playing dumb. How do you not know? Anything oh, yeah. has been, I mean, it's been pounded into your, I can tell you, you need special nozzles. The wind can only be blowing between such and such and such and such. You're supposed to right. spray it, blah, 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 time periods, you yada, yada, yada. There, I just laid out the label for you guys. And some of the reps have been blatant because Jeremy Wolf went to the BASF uh, field day near Champaign. Was that last week? And the BASF rep stood up there and says, "Ingenia does not move." Uh, dude, did you talk to legal? Maybe they're gonna have a come little, have a little come to Jesus moment with you. You probably shouldn't have said that. Well, that's what I'm t- saying is that there's there's one group that's that you know you have one group that's handling it professionally, one group that is basically saying that it's it's. Uh, made up it's fake news yeah Yeah. and then you have another group that's like there's no problem what do you mean a problem there's no this chemical doesn't have any issues this is perfect and we're lucky that the state weed scientists and the agronomists and those people some of the seed agronomists have stood up and you know said no i mean people like jeremy wolf have gone on continuously i mean he's gotten hit for all different kinds of reasons from all different directions and he's got a lot of flack and a lot of people have tried to discredit him, but he has had a lot of phone calls in the back that are like, thank you for speaking up. I just, I'm not comfortable doing it myself and things like that. So I don't know. I mean, I don't understand the the whole bullying thing. I mean, that's why people hate big egg. And they're just like Jen said, you know, they're just 
wrecking that relationship that they took and finally repaired. So, yeah. Yeah, And and to be honest, they're just on the border of repairing it. Yeah. Um, Well, they made the millennials. They're working on the millennials. Right. Which is, you know, which is great. I'm all for, but he better watch what you're doing because that's a slippery slope. I think with social media today. Yeah, yeah, and we didn't have social media when exactly. Roundup was an issue. So. And, and that was a storm for them. So, I mean, yeah. I can only imagine how much worse this one could be. And there We was obviously a- don't have big ag uh, backing here as a sponsor. <laughs> and we probably if never we, will. At this rate, we never will. If that wasn't obvious, Us it is damn obvious women podcast. speaking our stupid minds. We should just get back into the kitchen. Yeah, what does she know? She just has a master's in weed science or, you know, she actually took Weeds 101 where everyone knows what dicamba injury is, but apparently many forget. I also took Weeds 101, but I didn't learn anything about dicamba. Don't smoke the dicamba (laughs) weeds. Don't smoke the pigweed, man. Um, (laughs) I wonder if that's why you moved to Iowa, because the Iowa ditchweed is hemp, so. Really? You've never heard Iowa ditchweed? I've heard ditchweed, but that's usually when you paid like 25 bucks for a quarter. I don't know. <laughs> no, I the state weed know. of Iowa, the joke has always been that it's, you know, it's the marijuana plants all throughout the ditches. Man, you need to drive west from your house because there's a Apparently, lot. Apparently. That's, but you, it's no fun anyway, I don't think, but. I'm I sure it's low quality, but still. I'm sure, sh- sh- like I said, I used to, <laughs> there was some time where it was probably grass clippings. That's, I read an article about a guy trying to push grass clippings on a lady, and she called the cops. And I'm like, <laughs> she I have called, a lot of questions. Was, like, was she, she was trying to buy weed? The guy tried to sell her glass clippings, and she called the police? I don't oh know. God. I'm trying to figure out if he was like, hey, lady, do you want some weed? And she's like, that's obviously grass clippings. And he's like, don't call the cops, man. And she was like, I'm calling the cops. And or if she was like, Do you got any weed? And he was like, Yeah. And she's like, That's grass clippings. I'm calling the cops. I don't understand. That's me. I knew a guy. Well, I knew a guy through a guy or whatever that called when uh, someone broke into his house and stole all his weed. And the cops were like, What? What do you want us to do about this? You had a bunch of weed. No, I don't. You know. So yeah, you can't trust stoners for being the most brilliant. I'm gonna tell it you that much oregano. right now. They stole my oregano. They stole my my oregano, and now I can't make lasagna. So, but no, I mean, I'm always hungry. But anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, that's that's where we're at right now. That's this seems to be the biggest conversation, other than an ag Twitter where everyone's like knife fighting each other. It's like goddamn West Side Story up in there. Well, remember um, last year there was a murder over dicamba drift. So let's yeah. hope that it doesn't escalate to that point. I hope not. If you're that angry, though, just take a break for five minutes and go sit down. Yeah. You know, like, and I understand. I understand. I can. I. I am not in your shoes. I get it. I'm not there to to see the loss or to the experience or anything like that. But you know, if you really are that mad about it, Karen. Don't go out and be all angry with people. Just you have a chocolate bar and take a second. Oh, you I'm know. drinking after I finish a few more things Ooh. this afternoon. So find yourself. I pulled a Jen and got some Yingling while I was in Indiana yesterday. So way Ooh. to go, Karen. One of these days Karen. we're gonna have to all drink Yingling and record a podcast. 
<laughs> that works for me. I'm good with drinking anything and recording a podcast. So, but no, I mean, so from an overall standpoint here, crop condition wise, it's I have one July. more thing on dicamba. Oh, okay. Go. So I just want to say that I know a lot of people are saying that it's not going to affect your yield. Just quit your whining, quit your bitching, blah, blah, blah. But they don't know that. And if you wait until you go to combine and realize that you're off 10 to 20 bushels from the last two years and you don't know why, you need to document now so that you have something to stand on later. So take pictures, either file a complaint or, you know, Get your seed agronomist to write up something. Call your local extension person. You know, make sure that if you have damage, that you have documentation, that you have it on record. So that if it does happen to end up being a significant yield loss, that you at least have some kind of proof if there is going to be recourse. I mean, if you can't find who did it, it might be a little bit hard, but you still need to make the documentation. So so say we had it, we don't, but say we did, we... pictures on our cell phone is that valid enough or do we need to have Um, someone like you actually come in dave brown on twitter which is blue havana dave said take pictures and email them to someone okay Um, you can email them to yourself you can email them to your seed agronomist that you bought your seed from just email them to someone and that will time so there's a time stamp and a a paper trail because you can change the I think you can change the date if you took a picture on your phone, but you can't change right. an email. Okay. So there you go. So, me. yeah. I mean, yeah. Right. So. Yeah. We won't go there. <laughs> but, yeah. But if so, t- not only just take these pictures and, and keep them to yourself just in case, but but be bold enough, I guess. You know, you don't have to no. say I'm not blaming anything, but this is this is the damage I have. I just want to make note of it. Right. And some people are concerned about their crop insurance. And if there's a small ding, it's probably not a big deal. But if there are big dings and you're not the same as what your neighbor's yields are, the crop insurance may get suspicious. And honestly, if anyone is going to put an end to this, it's probably going to be the liability insurers and possibly the federal crop insurance company. So That'll have to be your insurance companies if they're paying out yield loss. Well, if there's chemical damage, that is not an insurable loss. How do they prove that, though? That it was chemical damage without. Well, doc- if it's an area like in the Kentucky where the entire bottoms hit, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to yeah. handle that, but I have a feeling that the federal government is not going to be wanting to pay these losses. So, but just yeah. the liability insurance for each farmer, you know, their insurance could be like, you know, what we're not going to cover your liability if you choose to use that product. So, yeah, hard to say. Yeah, it's. I mean, so it's still a long, long road, and and uh, Karen's likely to have some fire bombs thrown through her. You know, oh. you're gonna, you're gonna have rocks thrown at you. That uh, makes me think of that one commercial with the flow or whatever. What's her name with with uh, progressive, progressive? When they're like, when they're like doing things in the middle of the night where they fix them, brick and mortar, yeah, like that. <laughs> I have that. that I, great. Do, I do a field day in North Dakota every September, and the one of the gentlemen who helps put it together, he's like, well, I guess you've got your topic to talk about. And I was like, okay, well, are you going to make all the reps go through metal detectors before you let them in my tent? <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, Ugh. But it's not I'll just protect me, you. you know. I, I mean, say, we there, could be your bodyguards. <laughs> there are, you know, very credible people like our, you know, Aaron Hager <laughs> in Illinois, 
Kevin Bradley at Mizzou. There's Jason Bond at Mississippi. I mean, there's several of these state weed scientists who are speaking out and just being attacked, which is completely ridiculous. I mean... Well, in in all honesty, no one deserves to be attacked anything. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. And and, but these guys aren't giving an opinion. They're, you know, basing their comments on scientific facts. Right, right. But I mean, we are allowed people. I mean, that's why we live in the United States. It's one of the advantages. We have the right to speak. Uh, It comes back to the point, you know, don't be a douchebag. Don't be a douchebag. Right. All the time. And again, I haven't figured out if no one's ever told me if I should bleep that. No, don't bleep it. I think I think you need to bleep dicamba because it's a freaking four letter word. That would be hysterical. It's it's a six letter word, Karen. I know. Okay, grammar queen. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Give me the villain. Right? That's I counted it. You may be more relaxed, I'm telling you. I know so. where Algona is. No, so. <laughs> you don't. No, I don't. <laughs> Last weekend, it's... I was like, it's a dicamba-free weekend. I don't want to hear anything about it. So I may have to How's that, go that again you? this week. Uh, it didn't go as bad as I thought, but I'm like just locking away from Twitter. I don't, you know. Yeah. I don't log into Twitter in the weekends. I may check occasionally to see, but really... I don't know. I haven't been involved in 95% of the drama. I, I guess I have enough on my own where it's like, where people are like, you don't know what you're talking about or something like that. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm sure there's several people that say that about me. I mean, I had some snide subtweets yesterday. Um, yeah. So I just responded. Well, I wonder, I often wonder how easy it is to live without a conscience. So either, either nobody subtweets me or I'm not smart enough to know that they're doing it. I subtweet uh, you, but it's like, hey, girl, <laughs> you look fine today in your shoes. I don't know. I got nothing. My boots. So, in like, your jeans, you can't get off. Right? My jeans, I can't yeah. get off. Are those jeans stuck on you or is that just me? So, but yeah. So overall wise, dicamba is still a huge issue. It will be. Japanese beetles are going to suck probably. Uh, weather will be the final determining factor of where we head through next week's trade. It could be all over the place. Um, so we have to wait until Sunday night to see what that looks like. And I'll release this Monday. So it'll be like, I'm talking back to the future style. I don't know. Colton's got an opinion on it. Apparently he's just started a new fake cough. Ah. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh, poor gay. You're so sick. We got to go to the hospital. And then he laughs. I don't know why he thinks that's funny, but anyway, um, so yeah, we're all over the place. We'll see what happens here. Another couple weeks, we'll be doing crop tours, and life will be good. So as always, give us some feedback if you've got it, and uh, we'll be back next week, same time, same place. See ya. Bye. Deuces. <laughs>